listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about out-of-print books and testing out ways to display your bookmarks. But first... What are you reading, Bria? I brought a physical book, which I rarely do. Because I we're just doing a live read stream. that! Because we're doing a live stream. I'm reading, for my birthday... Uh, my friend Sydney gave me The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. Artwork by Robert Hack. Lettering by Jack Morelli. Publisher John Goldwater. I have it all right in front of me, which I never have the physical Hooray. book. Um, I'm about three-fourths of the way through it, but it's um, it's about Sabrina the Teenage Witch in the 1950s. It's and wicked good. Becoming, she's 15, so I guess it's it's technically YA, and she's she's turning 16 and on the verge of becoming... A true witch. A true witch. A true witch person. And it's fantastic. I'm kind of excited for the series. I'm super excited for the series. So part of it is me like trying to prep for the series, but also I love comic books and my friend Sydney has recently gotten into comic books and gave it to me for my birthday. Sean is nodding because he knows. Welcome to the comics world, Sydney. Uh, what, What are you reading, Mallory? Uh, so it is still, I know when this episode goes up, it'll be November, so we're past spooky season, which, to be fair for me, all year round is spooky season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not yet Halloween here. We're recording this on the 25th. Yes. Yes. Uh, so I am reading, it's a book called The Night Wanderer by Drew Hayden Taylor. And it is a vamp, it's like a YA vampire story, but Drew Hayden Taylor is um, First Nation Canadian. So it's like a native story uh, and like takes a lot of native legends and it's mm. about this teenage girl and her there's like all these where she lives close to this lake there's a lot of like creepy local legends and her dad is taken in this lodger in their house and he's kind of weird and spooky so it's I just started it but I'm really really excited about it um, I've been trying to read a lot ever since I read there there by Tommy Orange I was like I don't read enough native writers and so I've been um, working hard to search for more and find more and I'm really really excited about this one so that's The Night Wanderer by Drew Hayden Taylor and mine is The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina by Roberto Aguera Sacasa drawn by Robert Hack uh, we're going to take a moment to answer a very special recommendation request from my friend, uh, author and podcaster Mike Benedetto. Mike is the co-host of the show Ian Bag Bought a House, which is like car talk but for contractors. It's really funny. It's awesome. Um, so Mike wants to know what should I put on my list of first books to read and what would be your number one pick if you were me? Now, so, wait, I do not understand this question. Can I just say? Oh, I'm uh, about to explain. Okay. So Mike listens to Reading Glasses and, and he's part of the curious phenomenon that we've both experienced that we have a lot of listeners who don't read. Not they can't read, they just don't <laughs> like to read. You saw the look on my face. Okay. They don't like to read, but they're like, I like listening to these two ladies talk about books. Yes. Okay. We, I, I've had. A, it's true. There are a few people who have reached out and said, and they're like, like, I don't really read, but I love you guys. But I love that you guys say shit your pants on the podcast. <laughs> yes. like, like, yeah, we actually had someone the other day who reached out and was like, I don't really read books, but I love reading glasses. You guys are super funny. I never like, you know, get into reading culture, but I just like the show. So, uh, but Mike listens to reading glasses and is like, you know what? What should I read? Which I which should the first book I read in a really long time be? So if you're trying to get into reading. Um, first off, thanks to all the people who listen to the show, even though they don't read, you're amazing and we don't understand, but we're very excited about it. Uh, so my big recommendation for someone who doesn't normally read, but wants to like get into books and reading culture is a book called Last Days of Video by Jeremy Hawkins. Uh, it's sort of like a book version of Clerks. 
like in the fact that it is literally a book, but it's um, you know, it's a clerk took place in a dying video store oh, instead cool. of a convenience store. So yeah. it's super snarky. It's super funny. It's less than three hundred pages. It's by um, Soft Skull Press, which is a small press that I really like, and it's it's paced like a Kevin Smith movie. So it's perfect for people who are like people who don't really read books and would rather wait for the movie. This book is kind of like a movie. It's just like such a fun, fast paced, easy read. Yeah, that's cool. What, what should Mike read, Bria? This is really hard because I was like, I don't know this person at all. So I spent a lot of time thinking about books about houses, books about contractors, books about carpenters. And I was just like, I don't know any books like that. I'm sure there are some, but I just like couldn't think of any. So I just went back and I was like, okay, this is purely a suggestion based on Bria Grant in high school who was like, I like the assigned books I'm getting assigned, but I want to read something outside of my like high school curriculum. I want to read something just for me. And I discovered Kurt Vonnegut. Oh, that's so, a good one. So, Because I feel like it's a really accessible one, but it's still kind of a classic, but it's weird enough to where someone who doesn't read often would be like, oh, this is cool. And so my suggestion is Breakfast of Champions because not only is it a pretty easy, cool read, it has pictures. <laughs> Because there's little drawings throughout. Oh, that's cute. Throughout the book. Oh, that's a really um, good thing. It's easy. It's a classic. People, you carry it around. People are going to be like, "Oh, I love Vonnegut." Like, people are going to talk to you about this, Mike. They're going to want to talk to you about Kurt Vonnegut. So, I feel like that alone, it's going to like, you know, inspire you to maybe read some more because maybe you'll make some bookish friends. Yeah. Well, Mike already has bookish friends. He has me okay. now. So he, Mike, is my partner Alan's best friend. Okay. And okay. a great writer and a great podcaster. Um, so. Hopefully we can get him into the world of reading. All right. Follow up with Mike. Let's find out what we're he gonna, reads. We're going to keep everyone posted on Mike's reading situation. Uh, so you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And quick bookmark. Again, I talked about this last week. But uh, my book is up on NetGalley. So for all the librarians out there, you can get a digital copy of my book. And if you love it and want to support it, a really great way to do that is to go on Library Reads and vote for it. Uh, the deadline is February 1st, but it really, really supports my book and helps me out a lot. I have a very exciting librarian announcement coming up. I don't know when I'm going to be able to announce it, but I, it has been confirmed, but I like haven't I can't tell people yet. Um, Sneak peek. Of an announcement to come. <laughs> to come. It's what everyone loves is an announcement everyone to come. Everyone loves vague announcements that no, that you can't tell what they mean. Uh, but yes, thank you so much for all the great librarian support. Uh, thank you to my uh, library marketer person, Lynette Kim, over at Hanover Square Press. She's fantastic and has been helping me with all of this. So our five-star review for this week is from Kiggity. says, five-star review, best work listening. I started listening to this while working and I'm obsessed. Mallory and Bria are wickedly funny, witty, and have two wonderful and unique perspectives on reading. My favorite part of each episode is taking note what they're reading and checking it out of the library. Yay. Whether I like it or not, I give those books an honest shot. More often than not, I love them. Oh, great. Wow. High five for library love and for checking out what we're reading. That's awesome. really cool. Yeah, that's a lot of books. Yes, so if you... If you review the show, it is a huge help to us. But if you give us a five-star review, we will try to read it on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, before we talk about out-of-print books, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together, we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like, Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about bugs. No, we don't. Nope. <laughs> Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And... and I was two. 
butts, 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 butts. No. This week, it's all about out-of-print books. What exactly does it mean when a book is out of print? How does that happen? What does that mean for you as a reader if you want to find a book that's gone out of print? A book is out of print when it's no longer being published, aka not being printed. Copies still exist in the world, though. The traditional definition is that if a book has a print run and it hasn't been printed in at least five years, it's out of print. The lines get a little blurry for ebooks and print-on-demand books, but that's the basic way of defining it. Nowadays, it's more rare for a book to go out of print. You want to know some of the most sought-after out-of-print books of 2017? Yes. There's not a list because for this year because this year is not over yet. Um, Arranged Marriage by Shitra Jiva Karuni. Um, Cryptonomicon by Neil Stevenson. It's I was out surprised of print. By, wow. Yeah. Last published was 2012. Crazy. Um, you Shall Know Our Velocity by Dave Eggers. And a bunch more, including The Field Guide to Western Reptiles and Amphibians by Robert C. Stebbins. <laughs> um, by the way... Just because these are out of print, it doesn't mean they're worth a lot of money. It just means people are searching for them, and these are the ones that people are searching for most that are out of print. I like to think about the person who's out there going, I need the field guide to Western I need that field guide, and I bet it's worth, a little, it's worth a lot of money. It's worth I, a lot of money to me. I have the Eastern guide, but I need the Western guide. <laughs> I have Southern. I have Northern. I have Eastern. <laughs> but what about all those web- Western amphibians? <laughs> So before a book comes out, the publisher creates a print run of the books, which is basically a big order of the books from the printer. So most print runs today are big numbers. They're like in the thousands. And if this sells out, the publisher will have to order another print run. And you can see which printing your book is with the copyright information at the start of the book. And so this is uh, some people get this confused. A book can be in the public domain. We already did a whole episode on public domain books. So there's a difference between a book being out of print and the book's copyright. Those are two different things. Go on. So, like, a book might be in the public domain and the copyright of run-up, but that doesn't mean it's out of print. Yes. Yes. Got it. Okay. Um, Yeah. So, when all those books are sold. In the the print run. Yeah. And the publisher doesn't want to print anymore or can't print anymore for whatever reason, that means that book is out of print. That's what we're talking about here. So, what do you do when a book you want to read is out of print? It can be hard to find out of print books, and sometimes another publisher will pick the rights back up. Yeah, yeah, which just is cool. like those TV shows that get canceled, and yes. then all of a sudden they're on the CW or whatever. That's a great. They're on Hulu. That's a great way to think of it. Yeah, like Brooklyn Nine Nine went out of print very recently, very very <laughs> briefly, and then another network picked them up. Exactly. Exactly. So I recently read two amazing books, both by uh, Dorothy McArdle, uh, The Uninvited and The Unforeseen. They're both older Irish ghost stories, and they were published by Tramp Press, which is an independent Irish press. And they do something called Recovered Voices, where they get the rights to old, out-of-print books, and they republish them. And a lot of indie presses do this, actually. Um, it's really cool. Small Beer Press does this. They'll find uh, books that, you know, like Small Beer does this with, like, uh, sci-fi, fantasy, genre books. They'll find ones that are, like— ha- you know, been out of print for a while. They'll find where whoever has the rights to them, and they'll give them a new cover and do a cool like reprint of them. That's really cool. I wonder. Like, I was. Sorry, I guess Dorothy McCardle. She's probably not alive anymore. She's wicked dead. Okay, but I was thinking, like, oh, I'd be if I had two books that were out of print and like they were hard to find. Like, is that an honor because your books are worth a lot, maybe worth more money, or are you pissed because you're like. Why are they not still publishing my books? Well, again, I feel like there's there's so many different ways for a book to go out of print. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, A, it might not have sold really well, or, like, the 
publisher could have gone under. Like something right, could have happened. True, There's so true. many reasons for a or book to go out of print. So many of them. Like, uh, yes, like that was my question thing. about Cryptomomicon where I'm like, I see that in like every bookstore and I'm like, right, yeah. because there's probably just so many fucking copies of that floating around. Yeah. I don't know the reasoning behind it, but that was like what I was thinking. No, that, that's actually another option is that, or another reason that uh, they just printed so many that they're like, yeah, well, we don't need to print any more of these right now. I do feel like this happens like is a, as a movie trope sometimes where people are like, they gotta find this book. It's out of print. Like yeah. it's like hard to find out of print, but just because it's out of print doesn't mean it's hard to find. Exactly. Yeah. That's a, that's that that's sort of what we want to do with this episode is dispel that myth of like, oh, it's out of print. Like, and then like you said, it doesn't like just because a book is out of like, if you pick up a book and it's like, ooh, it's out of print, it doesn't mean it's valuable. No, that's true. That's true. And let's talk about what to do if it is out of print and you're looking for it. Yes. Time to become a, a book, book detective. detective. <laughs> which is really, that's the career that I truly wanted. You know book that, detective? You know that terrible book, uh, The Ninth Gate with Johnny Depp? Is that a book? It was a movie. Oh, no. I fucked up. It's that book. <laughs> no, that we but know. But yeah, that's, your, that's your thing. That's where you're a smurf and you say book instead of movie. Well, you like, know that book? That just came out. Uh, <laughs> well, but it, Halloween. It's an adaptation reboot. of The Club Dumas, uh-huh. um, which is a book. Okay. But it's a movie that's really bad <laughs> uh, with Johnny Depp. And it, he's like a satanic book detective. He's like a rare book detective. And he like finds rare books for people who want to buy them. But he ends up having to find the devil's book. Ooh. And it's re- like really, <laughs> good, really good concept. And I like when I first saw that movie, I read the, watched the movie before I saw the book. I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to find Satan books. I want to be a Satan book detective. How many? That's one person's job probably in the whole world. I know. And I have to find them and kill them and take their job. (laughs) Because that's all I want. I I just imagined you in like a detective hat with like a detective like like coat on. And then you open it up and And inside it's just books. Yes. That's what I want. And that is literally what I want my life to be. (laughs) No, no, no. It's books on one side, cats on the other. (laughs) (laughs) No, that does not fall into book detective. I need my sidekick. Lula. You take out your your glasses, like yes. you, you're like you know. Normally, a detective would have like a what do you call magnifying it? glass? A magnifying glass, but yours is just a book. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it doesn't make any all sense. of my tools are replaced with books. Yeah, but that's yeah, that's totally what I want, and that's what you have to do if a book that you want is out of print. Uh, so, I mean, one thing that like the Ninth Gate came out before the internet was really a big thing. <laughs> that's the problem now is that the internet has made it so much easier to find out of book. Uh, out of print books, uh, Amazon, eBay, other online booksellers have millions of used copies of out of print books available. Some there's some you know rare horror books that I want. I find out that they're out of print, and like you just go on um, eBay and find a copy of it. So it's not as crazy as it used to be, unless it's like a really rare. Again, out of print and rare don't necessarily they don't necessarily mean the same thing. Yeah, but they can. So an easy way, literally the first thing I I typed in, I was like out of print books and the thing that comes up is bookfinder.com and bookfinder is easy you you go in there you you type in the book it finds tons of places to buy that to buy that book um and they specialize in out of print and rare books um and they don't just link to amazon they link to all sorts of other book sites so yes that was that was a really easy way and that's where i found all that information about the top searched for books yes and it will tell if you don't know if a book is out of print or not bookfinder will tell you Mm -hmm. Um, so now you too be- can become a book detective. You too can fill your jacket full of books and cats yeah. and uh, walk <laughs> around with a I magnifying want. glass made of a book. All I want in life. So you can send your thoughts on out of print books to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. And before we look at some book tech, we're going to take a quick break. 
The Dead Pilot Society podcast brings you hilarious comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Aubrey Plaza, Andy Richter, Paul F. Tompkins, John Hodgman, Adam Scott, Molly Shannon, Busy Phillips, Tom Lennon, Anna Camp, Laurie Metcalf, Felicia Day, Michael Ian Black, Adam Savage, Paul Shear, Ben Schwartz, Skylar Aston, Mae Whitman, Josh Molina, Ben Feldman, Nicole Byer, Jason Ritter, Sarah Chalk, Steve Agee, Jane Levy, Allison Tolman, Danielle Nicolette, Casey Wilson, Anna Ortiz, Lorraine Newman, June Diane Raphael, Kieran Chipka, Ed Week, Zach Knight, and Carrie Kenny Silver, John Ross Bowie, Jamie Denbo, Janet Varney, Alexander Sunday, Summer, Ellen Ross, and many more. Listen at MaximumFun.org, iTunes, or wherever you download podcasts. So it's time to look at some book tech, advances in bookish technology. And actually, this week is more of a book craft segment. Uh, we've gotten some, you, I love that you laughed, but we actually got a few emails from listeners about the best way to display bookmarks and we've got some cool ideas for you. Uh, Bria, this is your dream. (laughs) It's basically the crossroads between book tech and Pinterest. So how should people display their bookmarks? I don't know if this is my dream because I don't collect bookmarks. Yeah, but you like crafting. I do, but I was like, what do I collect? I like pictures, yes. I like chocolate bars, yes. Bookmarks, I do not collect those. Those are not in my collection. You collect chocolate bars. You eat them. (laughs) I collect them in my mind. (laughs) I remember them right here. There's a collection of chocolate bars. You know in those like cartoons when, uh, you know, a a warrior has like killed someone and the ghost of them stays with them for the rest of their life? Yes. I feel like you have the ghost of a thousand chocolate bars. They just are like following me. They're like watching me do stuff throughout the day. They grow eyes after I've eaten them. Um, um, I find that bookmarks, I immediately lose them because I don't really use them. But when someone sent this, I was like, oh, I'm going to look at Pinterest at this link that Mallory just sent me because she was like, check out these. And I was like, ooh, these are really cool. And made me go, maybe I do want to collect bookmarks. Maybe I'm a collector of books. Maybe this this is is a new hobby for me. This is literally the first time in my life I've ever suggested Pinterest for people. But like, this is what Pinterest was made for. So if you have a bunch of bookmarks and you're trying to figure out how to display them, go to Pinterest. Yeah. So one time I made this thing that that I used to display photos, but you could use it for bookmarks. And this was one they used quite a bit, which is that you take an old frame like any any frame you can you can find like a these picture at, frame like a picture frame you can find them at um like at goodwills or at junk sales or yard sales and like they don't have to be that nice and you can paint it whatever color you want and then you just take a piece of wire and you go across it like three or four times and then you go to joanne joanne's Fabric or like I one love of these, you like, and craft- Joanne are like on a first name basis. Well, that's what she calls it, Joanne. Like oh. she, like she, like a woman named Joanne owns <laughs> it's that. It's not Joanne's fabric for Bria. It's just Joanne. Well, we don't support Hobby Lobby anymore, right? Oh but, yeah, fuck Hobby. Yeah, Lobby. so I don't know what their policy is now, but I know there was a minute. So now I'm talking about Joanne's. Also, there's Joanne's nearer to me than there is a Hobby Lobby. I don't even know if there is an Hobby Lobby in LA. I don't think so. Anyway, there's a Joanne's in the valley. Um, but you can go and buy these little cute little um clothes pins and then you use them and you'd put them it's very easy it is a crafting level one it's a crafting level mallory two yeah because you got to be able to nail something in and attach a wire but the wire is like you can like fucking tie it on the back it's not that hard like so it's like literally yeah yeah if crafting is one to ten ten crafting is mallory to bria (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i'm a ten uh but anybody you can but like you can totally anyone can do it and it's a really cute way to do it and especially if you at your home has like sort of a shabby chic look if your home has like cool like like dark look you can like make this and it'll like really fit in i think oh, cool. um yeah That's a smart idea yeah i i really liked that idea what about you do you do well, you display your bookmark well you, everyone knows i love my bookmark scabbard so alan got me this yes guys she said scabbard i said scabbard alan this was alan's idea i love my partner so much he's perfect uh so he got me this like 
antique sword scabbard, but I put my bookmarks in it, but I like fan them out on the top so you can see ah. them. So I pick all my favorites and I put them in there. Um, but I checked out the Pinterest page and like, I can't believe I looked at Pinterest for this episode. Mm. Uh, Have you never looked at Pinterest? I, I've used it for work for like vision boards for yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Vision boards, you mean like, like inspiration boards? Yeah. A vision board is where you go and you like put stuff on there that you're like, Oprah, because I want to be on Oprah one day. Or oh, like, you know, you yeah. put like a dog because you want to get a you dog You want to be a dog day. one day? <laughs> <laughs> That's Bria's vision board. It's just a bunch of dogs. Like, you know, you make them. I used to make them every like New Year's and I'd cut stuff out of magazines and I'd make oh, a vision board a vision. and then I'd be embarrassed for anyone to see it in my office. Because it's all dogs. It's just 100% dogs. So <laughs> dogs like and chocolate bars. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've never made a vision board. Yeah, I guess so. Um, like an inspiration board. It, yeah. Um, for for movies and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I really like the idea of those bookshelves. For, you know those bookshelves for, pi- for pic- picture books? So they're like f- uh, very thin and they go on the wall and they have like a rod that goes across it. So you can put the picture books fa- face out. Oh, yeah. And the rod keeps them in. I saw uh, a few of those and that's how people would display their bookmarks. That's cute. So it's only like a couple of inches. Um, wide. Wide? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Deep. Deep, yeah. It's only a couple inches deep. You hang it on the wall, and instead of putting putting your picture books in there, you just put your bookmarks display up. And I think that's perfect, especially if you use your bookmarks, so you can like easily pull them out and access them without like knocking them over. Like some of these bookmark displays on Pinterest were really cool, but they were like it would be hard if you were gonna take one out and use them constantly. Well, this is definitely a difference between a Brianna and a Mallory because like I wouldn't, I don't often use a bookmark, so oh, I mine would strictly be time. like I went to this place. Here's a bookmark to one. display it, right? Right here. This is going to make everyone really angry, but I actually dog-eared my comic book page. You know what? I am pro-dog-earing if that's what you want to do. God (laughs) damn it. No more dog-ear shame. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I have a great bookmark collection. It's something that I've talked about on the show. I I, know, like, one of my favorite souvenirs from a bookstore, but um, I use them all the time. Like, the one that I have in this book, uh, The Night Wanderer, is from the Mysterious Bookshop in Manhattan, and it's red to go with the red book. Mm -hmm. But uh, this, that's why the scabbard's nice, cause so I can just sort of take them out. Um, so the, the picture book shelf is sort of, I think, the perfect way to display your bookmarks. Yeah. I actually might get one of these myself. So if you want to send us a book tech uh, problem to solve, if you want to send us some book tech that you would like us to test out, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Jeff writes in, I'm planning a move a 10-hour drive away. I am daunted by the thought of moving all my heavy, somehow multiplying books. Any (laughs) suggestions from your end on how to move books easier? Bria, what should Jeff do? I like that he says they're somehow multiplying. Like, maybe those books are having sex with each other (laughs) and giving birth to tiny books inside those, like, on his shelves. Like, he wakes up one day and he's like, oh, where'd this little tiny book come from? (laughs) It's all slimy and weird. (laughs) Um, so my trick, which is both good and also a really terrible idea, is to mix books with things that are light. So you have a box that's half book, half pillow. Oh, yeah, that's Half smart. book, half stuffed animals from your childhood. Half book, half uh, cotton balls. Something like, really like I have all these cotton balls. What I do? They can't have their own box. Um, but this is also a terrible idea because when you're unpacking, you open, you go, what is this? Because it's just balls because books. God damn it if I'm gonna label a box because <laughs> I will not I'm about to move again and I am not gonna label a box I'm about to leave it Sean's looking at me like I'm crazy I'm moving in three months um <laughs> but and I literally thought it's about okay. you're coming with Sean and I like haven't I haven't you will label my boxes for me Sean says he'll label my Sean boxes. Sean is the most wonderful I cannot, human. 
I cannot label a box. And so I open it up and I'm like, well, this is just all pillows. And so I put it in, you know, the closet, the linen closet, as if I have one of those. A room with that instead you might of the now library. In the new house. Yeah. Except like in a instead of like a library room or something where the books go, you're going to be carrying those boxes all around your house. You're going to carry them to the closet, and then you're going to carry them to the library. You're going to carry them to the cotton ball drawer and then to the library. <laughs> Y'all, I use so many cotton balls. I want to see your cotton ball drawers. Um, see, this isn't a problem for, really me, for me because mo- most of my boxes are books. Yeah, okay, so what do you do? Uh, so first up, we have done episodes on this, but definitely do a pass through them to see what you really want. Yes. Sell, donate the rest. That really helps. Nothing is worse than when you do like do a big move and you're putting your books away and you're like, oh... I have like three copies of the, this book. I moved it to this place when I could have just like donated it before I had to haul it all the way over here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's easy to to get rid of shit when you're moving because you're like, I don't want to carry this. <laughs> oh, that's the best way because you're like, do I love this book enough to pack it away, haul it somewhere, and then unpack it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've got a couple good tips for this. You know, the, the obvious small boxes, nothing bigger than 12 to 40. 14 inches on each side. The very first time I moved, I was, oh God, I moved into my own apartment. I think I was like, I moved in with other people before, but the first time I had my own place, I was 23. Uh And I was like, I had to also move by myself. So I was like, I'll just make it as quick and easy as possible. And I thought I would put all of the, I just I was like I'll get one big box and put all oh, my books in it. I thought you were gonna say the trash because when I was like twenty three and I we've always put stuff in trash bags. That's an awful idea. That terrible do idea. That. Well, I put this bo- uh, uh, in like a huge box and I literally tr- it was like a cartoon. I tried to lift it up and the bottom just like fell right out yeah. of it. And I was like, oh, I need more boxes. Uh, so don't do that. Uh, all second. Hot tip, put it in a rolling suitcase. Oh, yeah, that's true. Rolling suitcase is really the, that's the golden gem of moving. Oh, yeah. It's the, that is the, like, hey, you, you're going to be better off if you just put everything in your rolling. Yep. Those suitcases should not be empty when you're moving them. Oh, no. Fill so, them up. Uh, fill those bad boys up, and then you can just roll them out of the house. You can. Yeah. Obviously, it doesn't help you if you've got a lot of stairs to contend with, so plan wisely. Yeah. But, uh, and also, if you're worried about hardcovers getting banged up in there, throw some clothes in there with them. Just, ra- like, just. Or cotton balls. Or cotton balls. Bria's extensive cotton ball collection. I don't even think I've ever used a cotton ball. I don't know why I think that I don't keep them around or anything. Oh, I use them to take nail polish off. Mm, I use toilet paper. Uh, the little, little flakes come off when you do that, Meh. though. And then the cat, my cat's I'm not going to buy something strictly to take nail polish off with. I don't wear You know what's weird? Off. I've never bought cotton balls, but we just have a bunch. Yeah, I think that Alan is weird. uses them. Do you know I was just at a garage sale? Oh. <laughs> it's just in a garage Please sale. Please do not tell me you bought cotton balls at a garage sale. No, but someone was giving away a bag of... Uh, I knew the person. I'm giving away a bag of Q-tips. And I was like, no. Yeah, no, I took them. No. Yes, I did. And I've been using them. Take you. So that's, that's and how I you get them in my ears. So many the, things people hate. That's how you get like Q-tip ghosts. It's not like he well, you gave me used Q-tips. Mm. It's not like he was like, have this. He was moving and he didn't want to take all this bathroom stuff. So he had a ton. I think he had cotton balls too. But I was like, I don't know what to do with those. But he had uh, like a ton of stuff. And so I was like. And a bunch of stuff he was like, oh, I imagine this you like my- sidling up to him and you're like, are you going to use those Q-tips? He was like, these are all my ex-girlfriends. He had a bunch of nail polish and stuff. And so ex-girlfriends I took Q-tips. nail polish. I took ex-girlfriends Q-tips. <laughs> and they were free. He was just giving it away. So they're oh, yeah. definitely full of germs. They're definitely full of germs. Maybe ghosts. You don't the know. The ghost of his ex-girlfriend. And now they're in your ear. <laughs> Bria. Like- you like pull the ghost out like a handkerchief. <laughs> Oh, Priya, no. Sorry, I'm sorry I took that. But I, listen, if you listen to the show, you know I love something free. And especially if it's possibly something's wrong with it, I'm taking that thing home. (laughs) 
Because I have to see what the deal is. If you, if there's like a bookshelf or there's something on the side of the road and I'm like, maybe it's covered in urine, I'll take it home to see. <laughs> just, just to see. Oh, Priya. Oh, I'm sorry. Priya. I interrupted you. So what are your other tips for moving? That's it. That's all I got. Okay. Okay. Good. Oh, God. Uh, one, uh, my favorite story for this is that one time when I first moved in, Alan had one of those like carpet cat trees. Oh, I know this. Yeah. Yeah. I and, think you've told the story in the shop. Oh, have I? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I can cut it if I have. Okay. <laughs> and, and it was like kind of gross. And we had, uh, were th- getting rid of it because we have a bigger cat tree now because we have a lot of cats. And uh, I was like, oh, you know, could I throw this old cat tree in the garbage? And he was like, Oh, from whence it came. And I was like, what are you talking about? And Alan was like, oh, yeah, I found that in the trash. <laughs> and I was like, you found this cat tree in the garbage and brought it into the house. And he was like, well, I found all the cats in the trash, too. And I was like, fair point. Touche. If you want us to solve your reader problem, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy, who run our Facebook group, and Chrissy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can always buy Reading Glasses tote bags and shirts and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store if you want to support us. Link in the show notes. They're very cool we are very biased about that but if you want to you can show off your love of reading show off your love of reading glasses and if you like the show please rate and review us on itunes it's really great for us it helps us reach more readers it helps us get more guests it helps us get more sponsors and feed our pets and we'll read your reviews on the show yeah if you have a five-star review and tell us what you're reading or what book you like to give to people we will read it on the show uh and you can email us at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com find us on twitter at reading g podcast on instagram at reading glasses podcast and you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag reading glasses Thanks for listening and thanks for reading. This quote is taken from Dead to the World, a Sookie Stackhouse novel by Charlene Harris, and it takes place right after the main character, Sookie, kills someone in her kitchen in self-defense. I had to take down the curtains over the sink and soak them in the washing machine in cold water, and I stuck my coat in with them, though without much hope of its being wearable again. I pulled on rubber gloves and used bleach-soaked wipes to go over and over the chair and table and floor, and I sprayed the front of the cabinets with wood soap and wiped and wiped. You just wouldn't believe where the specks of blood had landed. There was nothing I could undo. There was no way I could mend what I'd done. I'd had a limited number of choices, and I'd have to live with the choice I'd made. My gran always told me that a woman, any woman worth her salt, could do whatever she had to. If you'd called Gran a liberated woman, she would have denied it vigorously. But she'd been the strongest woman I'd ever known. And if she believed I could complete this grisly task just because I had to, I would do it. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.